Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season four, episode 12 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called A View to Kill. We're ramping up. I mean, it seems like we're about to get the cure in the mid-season finale. I guess we'll see. We'll have to see. But we're, you know, big, big death this week. Things are happening. Things are moving. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. When Rebecca turns down Klaus's plea to stop Cole and protect Jeremy, Klaus turns to Stefan for help. After an angry confrontation with her father, Mayor Hopkins, over his unconventional approach to ending violence in Mystic Falls, Bonnie has a frightening run-in with Cole, followed by an unexpected visitor. Klaus complicates the already tense feelings between Stefan and Damon by revealing a bit of Stefan's personal life, then surprises Damon by asking for personal advice. (laughs) (laughs) Elena tells Stefan about her dangerous plan for Jeremy, leaving Stefan in a difficult spot. When the school's 1980s decade dance is canceled by Mayor Hopkins, Stefan finds a charming way to make it up to a disappointed Rebecca. You know, I'm glad we didn't have to see everybody do an 80s outfit, if I'm being completely honest. You know, we saw what we needed to see with Stefan. I think they were like, what other male outfits could we do that would be hot? And they couldn't think of any. So they were like, okay, we can only have one guy at the dance. I want to see Tyler in his Mario Lopez fantasy. (laughs) That's what I want to see. I don't think he'd want to be Mario Lopez. Well, I don't think it would be up to him. (laughs) I think it would be up to the costume designer. (laughs) And I think they would make him Mario Lopez. I do think we missed out on a Madonna look from Caroline. I think that's pretty obvious. We like all know she would, I was going to say, we all know she would have done like a virgin. And I'm not sure what Elena would have done. Yeah, because how do you uh, do big hair that's also stick straight? Yeah, that's the question. I'm trying to think of, she can't do Molly Ringwald. None of them really can. It would be funny if she did Ali Sheedy, but she would never. Well, she could have done, I know she wouldn't do Ali Sheedy. She could have done, is it Demi Moore or Jennifer Connelly who's in Top Gun? Jennifer Connelly. She could have done or that. Or Demi but... Moore in Ghost. Oh, Although yeah. No hair short in that. Her hair short in no that. Idea. But she can do long hair. She can just be Demi Moore. Yeah. And then Damon can dress as Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> but he doesn't get the memo and he dresses as like punked Ashton Kutcher. Well, I mean, the good news is, is that Damon doesn't need to go to the dance because it's a high school dance and he's canonically 25, if not older. And also he's in a dungeon. Well, yeah, but. He's I'm, not invited. I'm in, a, I'm in a different universe right now with this mm-hmm. brainstorming. I'm not operating under the confines of this episode anymore (laughs) matt can just be emilio estevez in the breakfast club because all he wears is a letterman jacket (laughs) doesn't have to buy any new clothes and jeremy should wear a little sweater tied around his neck it would look so tiny on his big big shoulders he can do the rich guy from pretty in pink that's what i was thinking yeah andrew mccarthy or james spader but what jeremy should do which he wouldn't do but i would want him to do this for me is ducky he wouldn't do that He's too tough now. He's too bulked up. No, you know who I want Ducky to be? Who? Tyler. Tyler's doing Mario Lopez. <laughs> He's uh, again, for. I'm in a different universe. Anyway, that we don't get any we 80s don't get outfits. Any outfits. We only get two 80s outfits. And they are not the most exciting of outfits, but we would have never expected the most exciting of outfits from Stefan or Rebecca. Well, and Rebecca shouldn't waste her time picking a good outfit for a dance because at this point, her track record getting there is pretty bad. I mean, it worked out this time, but she I'm surprised she didn't wear that same red dress again. I know she didn't have a chance last time. (laughs) Anyway, we open the episode in Rebecca's house. 
It is the morning after Stefan and Rebecca have had their little tryst. Stefan wakes up. He is naked and he does seem to regret his decision. Yeah, Rebecca's got her arm on his side and he's like, Ew. Uh, he tries to delicately leave. He does a little bit of vamp running. He quickly puts on his clothes with his vampire powers and he almost gets out. He opens the door, though, and instead he sees Klaus, who says, leaving so soon. You have to wonder if Klaus like peeked in the room and then was like, oh, I'll just wait till Stefan gets up. <laughs> he's standing outside that door with a smile on his face so wide. He's like, I got you. I've got you. I'm going to get a new brother, one I love. <laughs> uh, Rebecca is less than pleased to see Klaus there. She says, this is my place. I don't appreciate you invading my privacy like some kind of creeping Tom. He says, well, I apologize for breaking up this sordid little tryst, but I do have some urgent business. Or have you forgotten our paranoid brother Cole is running around with a white oak steak and homicide on the brain? Rebecca says, okay, well, he tried to kill me last night. So no, I didn't forget that. Rebecca's like, can I have sex one time? Can you just give me one day? And Klaus says, well, unfortunately, Cole seems to have absconded with my set of daggers. And Rebecca says, oh, poor Nick. However, will you get your way without your precious daggers? They were so handy when you wanted to end a conversation with one of us. I mean, you could disagree with the dagger approach, but a dagger would be nice at this current moment. And I think you're going to look back on this day and wish Cole, and wish Klaus a dagger. I mean, I understand why she doesn't want to use the daggers on principle because she doesn't want them used on her. Mm -hmm. But at this point in the episode, I do not understand why Rebecca does not just give Klaus her dagger. Would have saved everybody a lot of trouble. It would have, but I think it's just out of spite. I think she's just like, well, you should have kept a hold on your daggers. Now, yes, she should have given up the dagger, but I do think it's fair that if he, if he said that, and I'm Rebecca, and I have you know my crazy mind going as Rebecca's does, if he asked me for the dagger, I'd be like, he's going to dagger me right now. Yeah, but I feel slightly protected by the fact that he only would have one dagger and he wants to dagger Cole. Cole is much more of an issue than me. That is true. But anyway, Klaus says Cole's irrational fear of Silas has pushed him over the edge. We need to put him down before he does more damage. I know you have the last dagger. I know you have white ash. Hand it over. She doesn't because she doesn't want to leave herself unprotected, which we just discussed. It has some merit to it, but mostly is like, girl. In hindsight, it's a bad call. Yeah. Rebecca says you can file that request under no chance in hell. Be gone by the time I've showered because lurkers aren't welcome here. But of course, what Klaus does is he goes to his bestie, Stefan. Yeah. And he says, Stefan, I need that dagger. Talk some sense into her. He's like, Stefan, I'm going to be real with you, chief. I know you did have sex with her, but I know that like your loyalty with her is not that strong. So can you just get me the dagger? I'm going to need you to leverage that sexual relationship for my benefit right about now. Yeah. And Stefan says, you know, why don't you talk some sense into her? I'm headed home to play prison guard to Damon. He's on lockdown ever since Cole compelled him to kill Jeremy last night, which begs the question, who was guarding him last night? Seemingly no one. I, I love Stefan being like, no, Klaus, you should talk some sense into her. That's what he just tried to do. Yeah, were you there? His turn is over. Klaus isn't known for talking sen like sense into people. He's not good for making sense. Yeah, he doesn't have a good handle on logic and he certainly isn't good at communicating it to anyone even if he does precisely klaus says you know see that's my point exactly if you let cole roam free then jeremy won't live to see his junior prom and we can kiss our map to the cure goodbye but if you help me dagger cole damon will be uncompelled jeremy will live and we'll all be on our merry way to a human elena 
And he gets actually all of those boxes checked off, but he also gets the mark. So if anything, he should be thanking our heroes, but he's not there yet. Well, he had to get tricked into it and he didn't appreciate that. He doesn't like being tricked into things. He was like, hey, I was supposed to double cross you guys once we got to the cure. Why are you doing it first? They finally learned. Yeah, you got to beat him to it. Then we go over to the gym. Bonnie is in the gym setting up the dance and she's on the phone with Elena. She's dragging some helium tanks. She says, you know, I told Caroline I'd take her place at decade dance prep, but none of the rest of you showed up. And Elena says, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Bonnie's filling up. 99 red balloons. Uh, We'll get to that joke in a second, but they're setting it up. (laughs) Elena says, I'm sorry, but I had to skip. Like, I've got Jeremy under house arrest because Cole wants to kill him and Klaus wants to take him on a vampire slaying road trip. And since neither of them are invited, it's the only place I can keep him safe. And safe is him sitting with Matt and playing video games and having Elena clean up after them. Yeah, get a life, guys. Don't make your sister grab you snacks. Also, I love starting out with neither of them are invited in and every time... They say, like, they say this, I'm like, it's crazy they haven't been invited in. And finally, it was too crazy to go on. Yeah, they got through not having Klaus invited in for quite some time. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Bonnie says, why does it sound like you're under fire? And Elena says, well, apparently I'm living in a frat house now. I'd be pissed. I would go move back with the Salvatores. I don't care. I don't care how awkward that is. Yeah, I'd be like, can't we just like watch a movie? Oh my God, it's crazy. A mouse chewed through the cord to the Xbox and it had really sharp teeth. That's why it doesn't look like a chew mark necessarily. But luckily, lucky for me, the Wii works. But unfortunately, we only have, um, what's, I, I want to say Nintendogs, but I don't know of a similar Wii game. I don't think they have a similar Wii <laughs> game to Nintendogs. <laughs> You get the bit. I'm yeah, I get the joke. Though. She was like, yeah, I don't know what happened. I woke up this morning and there was like a huge footprint in the Xbox, <laughs> like through the middle of it. It's broken. <laughs> yeah. I stepped so, on it. But anyway, look, I made you guys eat your own me. And look, I made me and Damon and I made this one and it's a kid. What do you think if Damon and Elaine had a kid? What do you think they'd name it? I actually do have a guess that I think I know is like correct, but I don't want to say it. No, say if it. If I'm wrong. Stephanie. You think they named their kid after you? I think they named their kid after Stefan. Interesting. That's a little obvious, don't you think? I'm not 100% sure that that's true, but I feel like I've seen something like, I think I've seen a hashtag is all I'm saying. I don't know for sure. But if I'm going without that guess, I feel like Elena would name her daughter Lily. You don't think she'd name them after her parents? What about Miranda? What about Grayson? What about Isabel? What about (laughs) John? What about Jenna? What, what about Alaric? And you think they named them after you? Yeah. Anyway, Jeremy says, I'm training. And Matt says, me too. And Elena says, how about you train yourselves to do some dishes? Nice burn. She's so right for this. Because are you playing a vampire game or are you playing Call of Duty? Because that shifts the training. At least practice a vampire game. She also says, also, can you please put these weapons away before someone tries to use it on me? And Matt flashes a thumbs up because he's like, I'm not the one who's going to use it. So I don't really need to clean them up. He says, you got it, girl. Bonnie says, look, it's hard for me to look forward to this dance while you're trapped in your house. Good news. You won't have to in a couple minutes, Bonnie. Yeah, you'll get your wish. Elena says, look, I have a plan to put an end to all this. I want Jeremy to kill Cole. She's telling everyone this. Yeah, she's really excited about this plan because to be fair, she's laid with this plan. Yeah, it's a great plan. So now she's ready to get everybody else on board and help her pull this off. And she also, I mean, she's learned the longer you let plans sit around, the more likely they are to fail. 
she's right to get this done today. Yeah, Elena did kind of eat this episode. Not all the way. I mean, she had her moments, but overall. She ate on this plan for sure. Yeah. And Bonnie says, you want Jeremy to kill an original? And Elena says, think about it, okay? Cole's sire line must stretch to the moon by now. If he kills Cole, every vampire he's ever turned and every vampire they've ever turned will die, which means the mark will be complete and we'll have our key to finding the cure. And Bonnie says, okay, I'm on my way. We'll figure it out. Do you think Caroline will notice if there's only 89 red balloons? <laughs> she will. And Elena says, probably yes. And they're giggling, giggling, making fun of their dear friend who's never been anything but nice to them. And <laughs> then Elena turns on the sink to wash her hands, but she screams and she says, ow. And Bonnie says, what happened? And Elena says, there's something in the water. And then we go to the hallway where it is confirmed because Bonnie's talking to her dad, the mayor. And she says, are you serious? You dumped Vervain in the water supply? Now, they should have done this a long time ago. Yeah. I know they discussed it at one point. But they never did it. Well, and at one point when Liz was working with Mason Lockwood, they put like Vervain and lemonade to try to like suss out the vampires. Yeah. This is pretty smart. Just putting Vervain in things. Yeah. Putting Vervain and making it inconvenient to be a vampire in this town is honestly more effective than trying to kill them. Yeah. Like, because if they just can't drink any water, can't shower, all that, maybe they'll just move. It's a pretty, you know, low stakes plan overall. And no one else notices it. So you can't blame him for this one. They should have been doing this. It was a pretty good call by the mayor. Maybe the reason the past mayor didn't do it is because your son would have been affected. Yeah. Maybe Alaric was right when he said they were all pretty biased. <laughs> I mean, he was. Maybe, maybe evil Alaric made points. He did if you hate vampires. Yeah, but we don't. Bonnie says, where'd you get the vervain? And he says, I have my sources. Nice and vague. That's good. He says, also, I'm going to reinstate the curfew and cancel all town events. This seems excessive. Yeah, I really, when he said this, I was like, okay, it doesn't really matter. Like, people are just going to throw a party instead of go to a dance, which didn't end up happening, but we have seen it before. Yeah, so. people actually obey the curfew this time. They, they were like, you know what? There have been enough things going on. Maybe I will stay home this yeah. time. Tyler did get shot at a town funeral. Yeah, and the mayor died, like, in the middle of town. Maybe I should just go home and, you know, do my homework. Exactly. But Bonnie says, Dad, there's a dance tonight. And he says, not anymore. I'm trying to protect you, not punish you. The well-being of this town is my job now. And Bonnie says, no, dad, it's mine. And I've been doing fine without you getting involved. Girl, now this is this is revisionist history if I've ever heard it. First of all, it's not your job uh, yeah, to protect the town. Not even a little been. bit. You wouldn't want that job. Like, this isn't a call out to you. And if it was your job, you're doing a bad job. Yeah, you're doing a bad job because you're listening to a dude who's in jail right now for murdering 12 people. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't I don't know about that. And then the mayor hits her with, would you like me to read the names of all the people who have gone missing or died in tragic accidents in your senior year alone? She <laughs> says, no, I know all of them. And I know the backstory. And some of them we had good reasons. She's like, I was actually there for all of them. So mm -hmm. I don't really need you to go over it again. And then he says, head straight home. We're having a family meeting. They hang up. She was on the phone. I didn't say they were on the phone, but they, <laughs> but they were. <laughs> they were. That whole conversation was on the phone. <laughs> and that's all because of that beautiful AT&T service that works even deep within the protection of a high school. Amen. Uh, we love AT&T. Then Cole appears pretty quickly, goes up to Bonnie and says, no one can get to the cure if you're too dead to find it. Got to give it to Cole. He's really trying to cover all bases here. But considering how powerful he is, how did he not kill anyone this episode? That feels like he really shit the bed. 
He should have been able to at least kill Elena. Or, I mean, he just had to say a little line to Bonnie. This is Cole's undoing for the whole episode. Is he always wants to do a little quip. Yeah. And they're not like worth the time. Yeah. And then as soon as he says the quip, that's where they get him. It's pretty poor showing by him all in all. Yeah, exactly. Bonnie pretty quickly does a little spell. It hurts him. And not only does it hurt him and break his bones, it pops balloons, open lockers crazily. She's not in control of this spell at all. Yeah. She's not doing good. If the goal was to incapacitate Cole, she is doing much more than that. And it is, it's a new version of her aneurysm spell, which she used to do, which now apparently is just breaking everybody's bones all through their body. Effective. It works. She always starts with the hand and you can see them through their little claw hand. Classic. Then we go over to the Salvatore dungeon. Stefan comes up to Damon's cell and Damon says, have you come to snap my neck again? Shut up. Uh, he says, because- have this fun. I know he's giggling. He's he's not giggling. He's groaning. He says, I woke up feeling completely unmurderous, so I'm pretty sure it's safe to set me free. Stefan doesn't even giggle a little bit. Yeah, because that's obviously a lie. <laughs> yeah. He tosses Damon a little tiny, tiny vial of blood. And Damon says, really, you practically bled me dry. At least bring for a bag or something. I'm thirsty. Stefan also has a water bottle. And I think it's a vervain water bottle. Oh, I wasn't sure at first, but there's a part at the end of the episode where I think we're meant to believe that Klaus compels Damon to not leave until he gets back. But then they show the water bottle is a little empty. So I think it's a vervain water bottle. Oh, I wondered what they were showing that water bottle for. It, I didn't notice that until I watched it this time around. So I could be wrong. But I think it's a vervain water bottle. I thought he just uh, wasn't going to leave the dungeon. I thought that was his own call there. Yeah. <laughs> he just was like, yeah, I don't need to leave. <laughs> um but, but then he leaves know. later after Klaus is trapped. Yeah, that's a good. That's so a good he point. would have been trapped in had he been compelled. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. So, so I think it is a vervain water bottle. So thanks, Stefan. Well, actually, Stefan probably didn't know. He probably just filled up a water bottle and gave it to Damon. Oh, that makes sense. Unless because he tried some, but I guess do they don't really need to drink water. I think he just gave it to give Damon something else to drink, and it just happened to be a vervain day. Yeah, nice. So Stefan didn't do shit. Oh, Stefan did plenty of shit this episode. <laughs> no, he, he did later, but he didn't He didn't smartly give Damon Vervain. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it's up for debate. <laughs> I don't think you have any evidence he did, but... Well, I think I think Stefan usually drinks his whiskey neat, and Damon drinks it on the rocks. Do you know if Stefan drinks it on the rocks? I think they both drink it neat. It's also the know. morning, so I don't think Stefan's had his daily whiskey That's yet. That's never stopped them before. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but they, the, the ice morning. was in the freezer... It was old ice. They didn't refill Unless it it's an ice machine made from supply. the water. Like it's fresh ice on top from the vervain water. I don't know why. You're, like I'm Stephen saying like maybe it. he had some water this morning. And so maybe. he knew there was vervain in it. And that's why he brought it to Damon. Okay, but we don't have any evidence that that happened. We don't have any evidence he didn't either. Well, he just gave Damon water as a bit for when he said he was thirsty. Well, maybe he wanted to weaken him. He already weakened him by bleeding him dry. Yeah, but he wants to keep him weak. That's why he's only giving him limited amounts of blood. I think the vervain water helps. Yeah, I think luckily it helped. I don't think he did it purposely. <laughs> I just think this we're never going to know if he did it on. This is the stupidest Stefan versus Damon debate we've ever had. I know. And it really doesn't matter. But I'm really right is the thing. No, I don't think you are. No, I, I, like, I, I, think, I thought you were joking debating me this. I thought we both knew you were wrong and we were doing a bit. 
I don't know. I think you could. I think there's not enough evidence either way. I think there's more evidence my way. I don't think there is. The evidence is just that you think he didn't drink water in the, the morning. The evidence is that no one knew that there was bavane in the water until this morning. So, but that's what I'm saying is like he could have had a glass of water okay, at any point no in the morning. Reason to think that, but we have no reason to think he didn't either. Because like, he didn't say anything. He wasn't like, here's some vervain water. He was in the mood to torture Damon. He's not well, telling him everything. If he wanted to torture Damon, he would have dumped the water on him. No, if he wanted to torture Damon, it would be more impactful if he thought he, he was drinking clean water and then Damon was like, ah, vervain. That's more torture. What boring torture? You're not going to be there to see it. That's not the point. Because Damon will know Stefan did it. I think there's about, <laughs> here's the thing, there's equal evidence for either argument and the evidence is zero on each side. So we're think- just theorizing and it doesn't matter. Sound off in the comments. <laughs> yeah, let us know if you think there's any evidence on either side, because there's not. Let's move on. Agree to disagree. Let's move on. <laughs> in reference to the water bottle. <laughs> Damon says, that's not exactly what I had in mind. Uh, but then Klaus appears too. So Klaus is there. Yeah, because Klaus is just popping up wherever he wants today. Exactly. He's making the rounds. He sure is. Klaus says, hello, mate. And Damon says, oh, what are you doing here? And Klaus says, babysitting. And then Stefan says to Klaus, you know, give him a vial of blood every couple hours so he doesn't desiccate. If he gets too much strength back or if he just annoys you, we'll leave him out again. And Klaus says, sounds like a lovely day. And Damon says, silent treatment, huh? Is that your best shot? And then he turns to Klaus and says, he's still pissed at me for sleeping with Elena. And Klaus says, oh, you sure about that? He couldn't wait to drop this one. He says, because I caught him trying to sneak out of Rebecca's bed this morning, which would suggest that he's moved on. And Damon says, well, 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 <laughs> looks like my brother ripped out a page of my revenge sex handbook. And Stefan says, you know what? Why don't you two enjoy your little villain bonding time? I'll let you know when I get the dagger from Rebecca. I don't like it when you two team up against me. Well, and there was no handbook that uh, led to this. I mean, Rebecca was kind of the low hanging fruit here. The handbook was that Damon also slept with Rebecca to make Elena yeah. jealous. Yeah. Rebecca, you are nothing but a pawn to these boys. Get up. But it's effective both times, so Mm got to give him that. We go upstairs where Stefan gets a call from Elena, and he actually answers it. He looks at the phone like he won't for a second, but he he does it. But he does get snarky when he answers it. He says, Damon's fine. I locked him up with all the creature comforts he deserves. Which is nothing. He gives him a bed and a nightstand. He was sleeping on the cement floor when we saw him in the morning, although he did get a pillow later. But I think Klaus might have given him that pillow. Maybe. Do you want to discuss the pillow? No, I don't think we need to get into that, though. I do think Stefan brought him a pillow. Um, Elena says, (laughs) Elena says, that's not why I called. And Stefan's like, oh, word. He said, oh, you want to get back together? She says, no. Cole just tried to kill Bonnie. She's okay, just a little shaken up. She managed to hold him off, but Cole seems pretty intent on murdering anyone who's looking for that cure. And Stefan says, yeah, as a matter of fact, Klaus has me trying to convince Rebecca to give up her dagger so we can take care of Cole. And Elena says, well, I don't want to just dagger Cole. I want Jeremy to kill him. And Stefan turns on his motorcycle to cover up the sound of murder conspiracy from Klaus in the basement. He doesn't need Klaus to know that Elena wants to kill his brother. That That's not good information for Klaus to have. Yeah, Klaus wouldn't take that well, and he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Elena says, Bonnie says she's got all this crazy power. She thinks she can hold him off long enough for Jeremy to get a clean shot. 
then Stefan says, okay, but then what? Because Klaus and Rebecca will kill every single one of us out of spite. They may be dysfunctional, bickering lunatics, but they stick together. And Elena says, that's why you need to find the dagger and use it on Rebecca. She can't come looking for revenge if she's lying in a box. And, you know, I get Elena's plan with killing Cole, but I think once you have to, like, get multiple originals down in one day, you're not getting all of them. Yeah, I think in a perfect world, killing Cole is the right plan. I think Klaus and Rebecca very much complicate it in a way that Elena is downplaying. They seem to be non-issues at the end of the episode, at least for the time being, but it's not like a perfect situation. I think they know that realistically they'll get over the Cole thing. I mean, they like him more than Finn, but they both see him as a wild card who's really hurting their goals here. He's their new least favorite now that Finn's dead. That yeah. much is clear. There's always going to be a least favorite. And mm-hmm. unfortunately for Cole, he did not expect that that would be him. Yeah. But, you know, it is worth considering that if you're going to kill an original, the originals are not known for accurate reactions to stimuli. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. They'll take everything a little too personally. Yeah, it's always going to be drama. Stefan says, I can't do that about daggering Rebecca. Mm -hmm. Maybe because he feels bad because he just slept with her, hard to say. But Elena doesn't understand the nuances of that comment. She says, well, I know you can't because vampires can't use the dagger, but Matt can. (laughs) And he's like, "Mm, that's not really what I meant. But that too. Yeah. And then Elena says, it's not like she doesn't deserve it. And then she moves on. So Stefan can't really get into the Rebecca argument too much. Elena says, Bonnie thinks she can get Klaus out of the picture too, at least temporarily. Once we get this cure, none of it will matter because we can use it against them, which is kind of true. But of course, Elena doesn't know that Rebecca wants to take the cure. She thought that Rebecca wanted to give the cure to Klaus and that Klaus wants to destroy it, etc. Yeah, I think that's wishful thinking that they'll get all this done and then they can just, you know, keep their hands on the cure in whatever form it's in. Mm-hmm. because, you know, we all thought we were keeping our hands on that white oak steak and look how it gets passed around. Exactly. Stefan says, fine, but how do you plan to lure Cole in? Then we go check in with Cole in the street. Cole's listening to music in his little iPod. He's got his headphones in. I'm convinced in thinking about this scene now that the song he's listening to walking down the streets in his headphones is cooler than me. You got designer shades just to hide your face And you wear them around like you're cooler than me And you never say hey or remember my name And it's probably cause you think you're cooler than me I know he loves that song. I think the song he's listening to is I Don't Care, I Love It. I don't care. I love it. I don't care. Yeah, he's like, I don't care. I love I it. Love it. <laughs> he definitely likes both of those songs. Yeah. It's really a toss up of which one came up on shuffle at the moment. Exactly. But he gets a call from Jeremy or from Jeremy's phone. Rather, Cole says, Jeremy, nice to see I'm still on speed dial. Want to meet up at the batting cages in Denver? Cole, that's not how speed dial works. Just because he called you doesn't mean you're on his speed dial. He's been dead for 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting speed dial confused with like saving someone as a contact, which, by the way, Cole, you still have Jeremy's contact, too. <laughs> He's on your speed dial. I guess they must have been really close in Denver, you know, before everything. Yeah. You know, when they were fake friends. Elena says, actually, it's Elena. 
I love she says it's Elena Gilbert. How many yeah. Elenas can there possibly be that would be calling him? Come on. Obviously, it's you. Matt and Jeremy are like packing weapons, staging weapons, whatever. And Cole says, what a treat. I was just thinking of all the clever ways I could have your brother killed. But I'd settle for ripping off his illustrated arm instead. And this is just the first of many times he talks about ripping off the arm. It's like, Cole, it start, like it loses its effect the more you threaten that. Yeah. And then do it. <laughs> yeah. Rip the arm off. That is a smart plan to take the mark out of the picture and not get the hunter's curse. So just rip off the arm. It can't be that hard for you to do. You're an original vampire. He certainly I mean, didn't need a cleaver. Yeah. But we can get to that later. <laughs> he just, he wanted to be cute. He wanted to yeah. be funny and he wanted to have a quip. He's like, it would be really funny if I got a cleaver because then I kind of look like, I don't know, I'm doing a Frankenstein bit or something. Yeah. Just pull. Just yank. <laughs> Elena says, I need to talk to you in person. I want to call a truce in the name of Silas. And Cole says, oh, you want to talk about Silas? And Elena says, I'll meet you wherever you want. I'll come to you. And this is a good offer because usually it can give Cole the illusion that he has home field advantage. Yeah, it lets him think that she really wants a truce because she's not controlling for other variables. But Cole does subvert this. And he says, tell you what, how about I come to you? And then he rings the doorbell. He was like, no, you don't have any time to prep for this. If you're calling me, you better be ready. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Jeremy cocks his gun and Cole on the porch says, you want a truce? Open the door and invite me in. This causes Elena to panic. And Cole says, I'm waiting. Let me in. Let's talk truce. And Elena stalls while she writes on a chalkboard for Matt and Jeremy. She says, wouldn't I be kind of stupid to let you in? And he says, well, on the contrary, I can't kill your brother with my own two hands or I'll suffer the hunter's curse and spend the next 20 years or so trying to off myself. And so Elena has written on the board, help Stefan find dagger. Cole continues, I've heard Vervain is back in town, so I can't compel you to kill him either. So I think it's fair to say you're semi-safe for now. Even though Elena hasn't really been taking Vervain, but Cole doesn't need to know that. And yeah. also, Cole, she's obviously stalling you. Why are you taking so long to explain? Yeah, Cole, if she really was ready to give you a truce, she would have opened the door and invited you in. Can you not hear the chalk? Where's that vampire hearing? Yeah. It's a distinct sound. And Elena has written, get out, get Bonnie. But then Jeremy out loud says, I'm the only one who can invite him in. And Cole says he's right, obviously, because he does have his vampire hearing on for that. Elena opens the door. Cole pauses his music. And he says, you know, you'd think being alive for over a thousand years would teach me some manners, but I just couldn't resist stopping by. And Elena says, okay, if I let you in, my brother goes, you're not getting near him. And Cole says, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, Cole says, that doesn't really matter to me because I'll be invited in. So I can come I'll back whenever. I'll just come back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeremy invites him in and then leaves out the back door. And Cole says, I guess we're not getting any gold medals for bravery. Would <laughs> you got to give it to him there? Yeah, that was a good zing. And then he says, you know, the thing I love about the modern age is music anytime you like. And he shows her his iPod. It's almost like it's like, is this like this can't possibly be iPod spawn because you didn't even get a good shot of it. But like, it's too much of a shot of it for just a normal reaction. Yeah, it's too much of a shot of it. And the shot eventually leads to a view of the White Oak stake. But it stays on the music player for a minute, but it doesn't show us what it is. We don't see Zune. We don't see Apple. He notably does have an iPhone, which is weird because you don't often see characters with iPhones, least of all villains. So that's fascinating. Yeah, especially because we're we're right at about the iPhone time. Like this was when everyone had their own phone. And now it's like some people have like they all have phones with keyboards at this point. Yeah. But the iPhone is not all the way in the show yet. Well, I Apple in general doesn't let 
a lot of shows use their phone. Oh, I guess. Or at least not modern. I mean, maybe when it first started, they weren't as harsh about this. But like currently, Apple doesn't let TV shows use iPhones because they don't want Apple affiliated with like evil people. It's the same way you can't say like a lot of real college names because they don't want their reputation tarnished, except like Stanford and Harvard, who they're like, we're safe, baby. (laughs) We don't give a fuck. I just remember very clearly, like in Pretty Little Liars, they all had kind of random phones and then all of a sudden they all had iPhones. But that was also like kind of early in the iPhone boom and like a very phone centric show. Yeah. So it was kind of like, look, A can use an iPhone to text them anytime. But I do implore you to look on TV shows. They don't. iPhones are rare. That's interesting. I don't think I've noticed that. It's like how when Jersey Shore was on, Gucci sent Snooki a bunch of Louis Vuitton bags to carry around because they were like, we don't want her buying Gucci bags. And of course, Snooki looked trashy as fuck with her Louis Vuitton bags. <laughs> so then it like hurt their reputation. I mean, in certain groups, other people, it was like, yeah, Snooki is Louis Vuitton. That's funny. Anyway, he says, so is this the part where you offer me a drink so we can have a proper chat? And he comes in. Then we go over to, I think it's Rebecca's house. She's looking through racks of clothes, of 80s clothes. And she says, oh, the colors, the fabric, the 80s were tragic. I think shoulder pads rival 17th century Puritan smocks for their crimes against fashion. I don't think so. I think that's a little extreme. <laughs> that's, that's a little severe. Stefan says, oh, looking for something to wear at the dance. And she says, are you asking me as your date? And he says, actually, it's canceled. <laughs> And you can see immediately her face like fall. She's like, fucking damn it. Another fucking dance. She's like, I finally am alive for a dance. And Klaus doesn't have any daggers. So I have control over it this time. Yeah, I can make it tonight. And now there's no dance. This is bullshit. (laughs) She says, well, then why are you here? Are you back for more dagger talk? And Stefan says, somebody has trust issues, even though he is here for more dagger talk. (laughs) But that's what you got to do with Rebecca. You got to negger. Yeah. She says it's called healthy skepticism. I know you were trying to sneak out this morning. I'm not stupid. Yeah, she's like plenty of people have snuck out from my bedroom before. I'm very well aware of what it looks like, vampire and not. And he says, I'm sorry, I'm still just trying to get used to all this. And she says, do you regret it? He says, no. She asks, do you want it to happen again? He says, maybe. She says, even if I don't give you the dagger. And he says, you think I'd sleep with you just to get the dagger? This is the oldest trick in the book. Instead of answering the question, say, that's what you think. Yeah, it is what she thinks. And it's true. It is true. And, you know, Stefan's playing this smart, too, because he's like, you know, I'm just figuring this all out. What what all like he's so implying, like, we just have to figure out what our relationship is like. That's how Rebecca is hearing it. And he knows it. Oh, the breakup's new. But, you know, we have a history, blah, blah, blah. She's like assigning all this significance to it. And Stefan is playing right into that hand. You know, Stefan has a history as a playboy from time to time, and he can turn it on when he needs to. Yeah, he can. She says, don't give me that innocent look. You've done plenty to me in the name of getting what you want. And then she goes, "Ah, well, I guess I should pack up these racks. Just another failed attempt at getting to a high school dance. And Stefan says, hey, why do you care so much about a high school dance? And she says, I don't. I was just bored. And he goes, right. And he has to stop himself from laughing. Yeah, because he's like, Rebecca, come on. You, you don't have to lie. We all can see it. It's, it's just kind of embarrassing if you're pretending that you don't care. And he says, well, you know, we can still go if you want. 
And she says, not if it's canceled, we can't. And he says, since when do you care about the rules? It's like, okay, so I guess we're doing this. Yeah, trying to hype her up a little bit and bring her to a dance. She'll be putty in his hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, We go over to the Salvatore dungeon. Class says to Damon, you know, none of this would be an issue if you'd have just done your job properly. I was perfectly willing to let you train Jeremy. And Damon says, okay, you obviously weren't. You got there on day two. Yeah, which like you could have given him a couple more days, but also Damon didn't make like much of any progress in that time. Damon didn't make any magnificent strides from days zero to two. So that didn't bode well from days two to 100. And he didn't seem to have a plan. Like yeah. he was really just like practice loading a gun. Okay, that's not, it's a little slow for the needs that we have. Yeah, exactly. Practice could have been, here's a vampire, kill him. Damon says, you know how hard it is to get these Xbox brains to focus? Okay, boomer. Klaus says, and when I turned a room full of butterflies into vampires for him to slaughter, you let Cole kill them. And Damon says, that's your brother problem, not mine. Like, I didn't do that. Well, and like, yeah, Jeremy should have just killed them. But Klaus, you're the one who like sent them all out into the woods. Like, you didn't have to let them all leave the bar. Yeah, Klaus had a hand in that as well. And Klaus says, whose bright idea was it to saddle Jeremy with a conscience? And Damon says, well, I couldn't have him trying to stake Elena in her sleep. Now, could we? And Klaus says, ah, yes, for the love of Elena. And he tries so hard to do this next part subtly, uh, but he just can't quite do it. He says, how is it she manages to overlook every horrific thing you've ever done? Is it willful ignorance or something more pathological? And Damon, who's now pretty comfortable with his relationship with Elena, doesn't get immediately beat down by his words, but he'll get beat down by the end of this conversation. Yeah, because Damon knows. He's like, yeah, it is kind of like, I understand that she forgives me for a lot of stuff that people think she shouldn't. But like, we just have a special bond and that's part of it. Damon says, you know, some people are just more capable of forgiveness than others. I bet you score negative 500 in that realm. And Klaus says, oh, come on. There must be a secret. It can't just be the sire bond. What is it? Compulsion, manipulation. And like Damon's not biting. And then Klaus says, what is it you say to her? (laughs) It's so funny because he's like, oh, come on. There's a secret. You're manipulating her. What do you say? (laughs) (laughs) But out of curiosity, like, what do you uh, verbatim? Like, how do you open that conversation? Like, he's obviously looking for advice at this point. (laughs) Like, and he hit it. He didn't hide it super well through the whole thing, but it was like still a little bit separated. And then the way he said, what do you say? Like you <laughs> immediately blows the spot up. And Damon immediately clocks it and calls it out. He says, I think this has something to do with a certain blonde vampire. I think you murdered Carol Lockwood and you're worried Caroline's never going to forgive you. And Klaus says, well, you've done worse. And Damon says, debatable. I-, I-, I think Damon's done worse. I and mean, Klaus- this- then, uh, well, not worse than Klaus on the whole. But I yeah. think, you know, killing Carol Lockwood compared to some of the stuff Damon has done to Elena. I do think if you compare Damon to Klaus overall, Klaus has done worse things. But if you do Damon to Elena versus Klaus to Caroline. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Damon says, I don't mind being the bad guy. Somebody has to fill that role and get things done. You do bad things for no reason, just to be a dick. And Klaus says, debatable. <laughs> Klaus says, no, I do it because I get emotional. I'm impulsive. I think Klaus can sometimes argue he does bad things for good reason, but he can't make that argument about Carol Lockwood. Yeah. Which is the problem that he's really worried about. Yeah. If he had been 
like doing actually something useful, he wouldn't feel bad about it. And he doesn't feel bad about most times he like daggers his siblings or kills someone because he's mad. So it usually doesn't matter. But now he killed someone who is somewhat connected to someone he cares about. And he's like, ooh, and I can't even spin a reason for this. And Damon says, if you're going to be bad, be bad with purpose. Otherwise, you're not worth forgiving. And then he lays down. Uh, so Damon really ate in this conversation, despite the fact that he is very weak right now because Klaus yeah. is just being a little emotional baby. And Damon has a point. He's like, if you're going to do something evil, at least there's a good reason. And then people will respect the reason. Hence why I forgive Damon for everything. And unfortunately, Klaus wasn't here when Damon killed Jeremy for no reason. So Klaus can't use that against him because Damon's done plenty of bad stuff with no reason but not to Klaus's knowledge. Damon has much more knowledge of Klaus's actions than Klaus has of Damon's. Yeah. Then we go over to the Gilbert house. Cole decides to sit down and play video games, even though they're supposed to be talking. Although since Elena is stalling Cole, I feel like she should just let him keep doing this. Like if he wants to play a video game so bad, go ahead. You want the pizza rolls in the oven that I was making for Jeremy? Yeah. But Elena comes in and she says, sorry, I had to dig up the old people alcohol. And we learn later that that was gin. Cole says, you know, that's the problem with people today. They have no drinking imagination. Turn of the century, New Orleans. Now they knew how to make a drink. And Elena says, oh, you lived in New Orleans? And Cole says, we all did. Till Niklaus shoved a dagger in my heart. So a little originals foreshadowing, perhaps. Yeah. So maybe we will get to see Cole again in the spinoff. Perhaps. Elena says, why? What did you do to get daggered? And Cole says, what makes you think I did anything? Has your alliance with my brother softened you to his horrors? And Elena says, I don't have an alliance with Klaus. We had a mutual interest in finding the cure. That's all. And Cole says, had? And she says, yes, I'm willing to give up looking for the cure if you promise to leave my brother alone. Now, can you teach me how to make this? She has like some kind of tool. I think it's a soda maker, but I think it might be one of those things that also makes whipped cream, but it looks like it's being used to make like soda water. I guess you can. Yeah, you can use it because it's just putting gas in it. She says, I'll get some ice. But that's what's so funny about her using this soda maker after he's like, no one's creative. And it's like, she's got this fucking machine. Yeah, that's pretty creative, even if it is just a gin and tonic at the end of the day. Well, he's the one making this drink like, oh, yeah, he's the one who's he should be having a creative recipe. And it seems like it's literally a gin and soda. While she's at the freezer, she gets a text from Jeremy that says, I'm trying to find Bonnie. Keep Cole there. She looks at the text. She puts it away and then she closes the fridge and Cole is standing right there. And he's like, you want one? And she's like, OK. She's like, I guess if it'll keep you, you know, under control for a little bit. And outside, Jeremy calls Bonnie and says, hey, Bonnie, where the fuck are you? I've called you like 17 times. Cole is in our house. We need you. I'm coming to your house now. Back inside the Gilbert house. Cole hands Elena her drink and Elena says about the video game. She's like, oh, you know, you're really good at that game, especially considering you've been locked up in a coffin for 100 years. And he says, yeah, well, I'm a quick learner. Speedy reflexes. But it's not much like the real thing, though, is it? And he says, killing, you know, have you done that? And he says, oh, or are you one of those Mary Sue vampires? And she says, I've killed once. I'm guessing your number's a lot higher than mine. And Cole says, well, you lose track over the years. So are we going to talk about Silas or just jibber jabber? Boy, you're the one who's been talking about drinking New Orleans, blah, blah, blah. Well, if she really wanted to stall, I thought she was going to bring up like the fact that she had killed Connor. Lots to discuss with the hunter's curse. But I think she was kind of like, I don't really want to relive that time in my life. And she also didn't think she was going to have to stall that long because she thought Bonnie would be a little bit quicker on the draw. 
Yeah. She thought most people would be quicker on the draw today. Cole goes to the couch. Elena checks another text. This one's from Matt, and it says, no dagger yet, need time. And at Rebecca's house, we see Matt looking for the dagger to no avail. And then back at the Gilbert house, Elena approaches Cole on the couch and says, you know, no one seems to think Silas exists. So why do you? And Cole says, I used to run with some witches, some in Africa in the 14th century, Haiti in the 17th century, New Orleans in the 1900s. They all knew about Silas and that he needed to stay buried. And then he says, I actually hold the witches in high esteem. Most people do, buddy. And most people don't try to kill them earlier in the day. Yeah. So, so much for high esteem. So how high is the esteem? Elena says, yeah, but why Silas? Why are you so afraid of him? And Cole says, well, the witches said that if Silas rises, he'll unleash hell on Earth. And I happen to like Earth just the way it is. You want to share any other information, buddy? I mean, that's pretty vague. Yeah, he's being deeply vague. What do you think hell on Earth means? I mean, I'm assuming. See, I don't know that Cole knows what this means. Like, I think he's saying hell on Earth because he got told that it was going to be a bad time for vampires. And I think probably that there would be a lot of people after each of them, which one example of that is people you've killed may be coming back after you if they're if that line is blurred and they're coming out of hell. So all the evil people coming out of hell to get you back for that. And I'm sure plenty of people would like to get Cole back. Elena says that's pretty biblical. And Cole says, yeah, that's the other problem with people today. They've lost faith. And in that loss, they no longer know who they should fear. So he seems to be like equating it with like a religious thing. Obviously, like he talked about people who worshiped Silas and then he's talked about witches. It feels like a very purposeful callback to Pastor Young. Interesting. Like it feels like there's a for Elena to call it biblical when we Mm -hmm. start this whole season with a pastor at the helm of many things, I think is not a coincidence. And that Cole is acting very religious about it. Mm hmm. Then we go over to Bonnie's house. Rudy comes in and Bonnie is looking for her phone. She's like, I have to get to Elena's. Have you seen my phone? He holds up her phone. He's like, yeah, I've got your phone and your car keys. And I told you we're having a family meeting. And she says, is that something you read in a book? Because we've never had a family meeting. And he says, you know, I've let this go on long enough. And the thing is, like, I get he's trying to protect his daughter or whatever, but he has like no leg to stand on right now. Because he's just not been supportive of her. So I don't know why he's shocked that she's reacting this way. Yeah, and he hasn't even been home. So it's like, why do you think she's all of a sudden going to want to have a meeting with you? And then he says, Shane said you and your magic are like a ticking time bomb. So who's being manipulated by Shane now? Yeah, you were like, "Uh, you shouldn't talk to him. He's manipulating you. And now you're like, well, Shane said this. Do you want to ask another opinion? Yeah, it is smart of him to call Abby. And honestly, he doesn't seem to ask a lot of questions. And again, he seems like a little too like trusting of what Shane said. And I think that speaks to Shane's masterful skill for manipulation. Shane's skillful manipulation and Rudy just being out of his league with the witch stuff. And, you know, I get why he's calling in Abby because Abby at least understands the witch stuff. But it's pretty hard for Bonnie to respect what Abby has to say for the same reasons that it's hard for her to respect what your dad has to say. Yeah. Why would she listen to what either of them tell her? They clearly don't have her best interest at heart, at least how she sees it. Mm-hmm. They probably do have her best interest at heart, but they don't have the information she has. It's impossible for her to know that because I think had Abby not left after she became a vampire, Bonnie would have turned to Abby when she was having this struggle with her magic, but she didn't have Abby. So she turned instead to Shane. Which is something that like 
you'd kind of hope that Abby would take a little responsibility for and be like, I shouldn't have left my daughter alone to this white dude who was grooming her after he maybe stole her grandma's position at this university. Let's all be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like not a good look for Abby. It's never a good look for Abby at the end of the day. Yeah. Except her hair in this episode. Yeah, that looks like Bonnie says, oh, I told you Shane's crazy. And then Rudy says, you know, I lost your mother to witchcraft. I don't intend to lose you. And Bonnie says, well, it's not your life. It's mine. She says it's not really up to you at this point. Jeremy gets to the door and knocks. The mayor answers and Jeremy's like, hey, is Bonnie here? And he says she's busy. And then Jeremy ignores that and comes right in and says it's important. And Bonnie says, hey, what's going on? And Jeremy says, I've called you like 100 times. Cole is in our house. And Bonnie turns to her dad and says, well, I have to go. And he says, no. She explodes a light bulb and says, stop telling me what to do. So she made her point, but she goes to the door and then there is Abby. She's got her veins out. She's rocking her vampire blowout. She's finally settled into the vampire look. She's not looking as strung out as she did in the beginning. (laughs) And now she's on the, the hotter side of it. Abby says, no one's going anywhere. And the mayor says, Abby, come on in. Because she hasn't been invited. And Bonnie says, what are you doing here? And Abby says, your father called. Who is Professor Shane? And what is he been teaching you? It is good for Abby to know about this because at least she understands witchcraft to a certain degree that she will know what expression means, unlike anyone else. If only she could explain to Bonnie why it's bad. Yeah. If, if only one person could find a way to just introduce the words human and sacrifice to Bonnie, I think she'd get off board with expression. Yeah. Do you guys think that she's aware of that and she's doing that? And if you do, you don't want to double check that with her, because right now to Bonnie, it seems like it's her mom and dad who both abandoned her, who are now suddenly like you can't do anything that you want to do. Now, if I if I were Bonnie, I'd also be pissed. Mm hmm. Jeremy says, Bonnie, we don't have time for this. The mayor says this is a family matter. And Jeremy says, my sister is in trouble. We need Bonnie's help. And the mayor's like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Abby says, my daughter is done helping Elena Gilbert. Now get out. Super fair reaction from Abby there. Yeah. I wish that they'd been like, it's a family matter. matter." And Jeremy had been like, well, actually, I am dating your daughter. So I may be part of this. (laughs) He's not really dating her right now. Bonnie, you want to get married? (laughs) Now I'm in the family. Bonnie says, mom. And Abby says, answer my question. What lies has this professor been telling you? Bonnie says, well, I don't think they're lies. Bonnie says, well, where do I start? Jeremy, however, loses all credibility because he takes out a stake and lunges toward Abby. But of course, she stops him. And Bonnie says, hey, Jeremy, stop. Don't hurt her. She's my mom. Please look at me. Remember this, Bonnie, when you hurt your mom in about 20 minutes. Jeremy like snaps out of his vampire killing headspace. He turns away. Bonnie says, like, just go. I'm right behind you. He goes and Bonnie turns to Abby and she says, you want to talk? Let's talk. Then we go over to the Gilbert house. Cole is looking at an old picture of Lena and Jeremy. It's a cute one. It's cute. Doing sibling, sibling hijinks. Yeah. If there's one thing the Michaelsons are jealous of, it's a healthy sibling dynamic. Elena says, we're out of gin, but I think this is a good year. And Cole says, what if I said I don't believe you? And she says, "Okay, you caught me. I don't know anything about wine. You know, she really did a good job covering here. She gave a little zinger of her own. She tried. Cole says, it just seems odd that you'd be willing to give up something you want so much. Good read, Cole. Good read. Well, good read if you're a Michelson. But this is kind of perfect, the course, for Elena to give something up for her brother. Yeah, it's a good question he should be asking while he's here. 
but she does a pretty good job selling it. I mean, because it does sound like her. She says, I would do anything for my brother. And if what you're saying about Silas is true, then what does it matter what I want if it puts everyone else in danger? And Cole says, well, this has been super enlightening. Thank you for the drinks. And he goes to leave and he says, I'll take your request for a truce under advisement. And Elena stops him before he gets out. And she says, is there any chance you could be wrong about Silas? And Cole says, trust me, some things are better left buried and leaves. And she, you can see as he's walking away, she's like, can I stall him more? And she can't <laughs> find a way to do it without it being obvious. So she just lets him go on his last singer of the moment. So then we go over to the school gym. Stefan and Rebecca enter the gym. They're the only people at the dance. They have their little outfits on. Stefan is wearing a Top Gun inspired look. Very hot and sexy. Fantastic choice for this dance. And Rebecca is wearing like a little mini dress, but also a fedora. It's 80s in vibe. It's kind of a combo 80s, 2010s look. Like she kind of split the difference a little bit. She did not want to go full 80s since this was her first school dance, even though she's the only one there. Yeah, because she's still concerned what people think about her, even if they're not there. And I think had she, you know, had time to really experience the 80s, I do think she would have tried a Madonna look as well. Mm -hmm. But I think she she just wanted to look cute for her first date to a school dance. She was committed to looking 2010s fashionable. Yeah. Rebecca says, I think I saw a horror movie that started just like this. Did you know they play movies on TV all night long now? Hundreds of them. So much better than those silly black and white picture shows we used to go to. And because Stefan doesn't really want to hear her talk about this because it's so, so boring. He turns on the lights to distract her. There's great neon lights. There's music. Gotta say, Caroline really outdid herself with the decorations. This is her best decade dance yet. It is a shame that no one could come. Yeah, with all the red, it's their school colors. There's a little neon light that says shout. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Just fantastic. Stefan says, I don't know. I kind of miss old movies. Of course you do. Of course you fucking do. And Stefan says, got any requests for the DJ? He's the DJ. Uh, He gets a text from Matt that says still looking. Rebecca says, oh, I'll let you pick the music. Nothing cheesy. And Stefan says, yeah, that leaves out about half the decade. And then he says, oh, I hope you like The Cure. And she says, super funny. Well, it, that was a funny thing to say. I'll give it to him. Stefan's, there. Stefan's got jokes. Not always. Not Stefan's commonly. funny. We forget because he's not like the funny brother, but he's yeah. funny sometimes. He's got his funny moments. He's got his jokes. Rebecca says, is everything about the 80s so excessive? And Stefan said, ah, you know, it has its charm. He's like, yeah, that was kind of the thing. You want to try Coke? Yeah, I know <laughs> Stefan loved cocaine. Stefan then goes on to name some of his favorite cultural touchstones of the 80s. Say Anything, John Cusack movie. It's... Of course, that's one of his favorites. I know he ate that up. He's held a boombox in front of more than one window in his time. And you know what? If it works, it works. Yeah. He says Lloyd Dobler standing outside of a bedroom window with a boombox over his head, desperately trying to get back the girl of his dreams. Then he says Princess Bride. Wesley slays giant rats for love. I know he loves the Princess Bride. He's a romantic. I'm obsessed with that being the scene he picks <laughs> to talk about. It's a good one, but it's just funny. He fancies himself a Wesley. <laughs> she had said, you know, the Princess Bride? Marriage! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been the funniest. <laughs> but he, he wouldn't have done that. <laughs> and then he says, the Breakfast Club, one detention, turns a bunch of outcasts into allies. I would say friends more than allies. Yeah. Rebecca says, oh, so it was a decade of sentimental drivel as well. And he says, well, I was going to say love, friendship, 
the possibility of anything happening, you would have loved it. And she says, why is that? And he says, because as much as we both hate to admit it, we care about those things. And this gets her. This gets her because it's like, I he totally gets me. And it's yeah. like, that could not be more obvious about you, Rebecca. Yeah. Anyone can see that. You could see that from space. He's already got her as putty in his hands, but then he decides to take out the big guns. There's a little box. She says, that better not be a corsage. I loathe corsages. Number one, as if. She wanted a corsage for sure. She was like, it better not be a corsage. It better not be one with an orchid, especially. <laughs> but he says, oh, these were all the rage in the 80s. And it's like a little koala corsage. Were these all the rage in the 80s? How would I know? I wasn't alive. Oh, I don't know. It seems like something you might know. <laughs> Why are you asking me? <laughs> You're my older sister. <laughs> I assume they must have been. Because why else would they put it on the show? And this is an even better move than a corsage because it is generic, but with an illusion of personalization. Yeah. Which Rebecca really responds to. Uh, So he says, let's dance. And they do dance. She is so charmed by this. Rebecca, please get up. Yeah, it's sad for her. She's doing this whole thing where it's like, I just don't care. Well, at the same time, literally like falling over herself at like, Stefan just playing her like a fiddle. Well, and I do think there's a part of Stefan that is charmed by Rebecca. He doesn't want to dagger her. Yeah, I think he does kind of get Rebecca because, you know, he has his emotions a little bit more under control. But if he were drinking blood, he wouldn't. And he also like feels for Rebecca. He knows that she gets really screwed over by a lot of people And there is a part of him that likes someone a little crazy. I mean, he was in love with Catherine for a time. Well, and also there's just a part of him that wants to have female attention right now. Yeah. He wants a rebound because Elena already has a new boyfriend. And it's his brother. So he kind of needs to have a new girlfriend. And as much as I would love for it to be Caroline, we're not quite there yet. Well, I think he does kind of want, like Elena has a boyfriend now that everyone else thinks is bad that she sees through and he's like well I can do the same thing I can see through someone who seems evil and I can fix her like I can fix her and find someone better also I think it's you know just going opposite Elena is part of it as well yeah he wants to hurt Elena's feelings Uh, then we go back to the Gilbert house Jeremy comes home crossbow in hand he's armed he's ready to shoot it But no one's there except Elena. Elena comes out and she says, I'm sorry he left. I tried to stall as long as I could. And then the doorbell rings. And Jeremy says, oh, that's Bonnie. She was right behind me. He didn't turn around once on the walk home. Yeah. (laughs) He just assumed. And there's no peephole in this front door. Seems foolish. Uh, Elena opens the door and it's Cole. And he says, I've considered your request for a truce and request denied. Fair enough. (laughs) And Elena really quickly closes the door, of course. And Cole says, "Uh, sorry, I've already been invited in. And he kicks in the door, but both Elena and Jeremy are gone. And he says, oh, hide and seek? Fine by me. Then we go over to the Bennett house, family meeting. Bonnie says, you know, dad needs to mind his own business. He had no right to call you. And Abby says, you know, it's not just your father. Witches talk. Word gets around. Bonnie says, look, I found a new way to practice. It's unconventional, but I can handle myself. I promise. And Rudy says, yeah, that's not what Shane said. Again, who's getting manipulated now? Yeah. 
Why are you listening to him? Bonnie says, Shane is sitting in a jail cell right now, and you're going to take his word over mine? And Abby says, I've warned you about dark magic before. Girlie, when? You've barely given her any advice ever. Well, yeah, when she was here, she was like, you shouldn't really do dark magic. And now I'm going to go. I'm leaving. Anyway, I'm leaving with the child who is not related to me, but I care about more than you. No, she didn't even leave with him because he stayed to date Bonnie for a second. Oh, yeah. She just went completely alone. Bonnie says, okay, it's not dark magic. It's expression and I need it. Yeah, because something healthy and safe is definitely something you say. I need it. Yeah, sounds super healthy. And then Bonnie says, look, we found a cure for vampirism and I can do the spell to access it. I can save you. She says this to Abby. Like she was doing this for Abby at all. I know. It's a good spin. (laughs) Yeah. Bonnie says, I have to go now. And Abby says, oh, I'm not the one who needs to be saved. You are. And then she gets some herbs and knocks Bonnie out. One of Abby's favorite moves. And then we go over to the Salvatore dungeon. Klaus says to Damon, you know, your brother's lack of communication is infuriating. And Damon says, yeah, it's one of his trademarks, like his brooding and his hair. And Klaus says, I don't understand what is taking so long. How hard is it to steal a dagger? And that is a good question. Yeah, because also Klaus knows Rebecca. He knows it can't take that much work. Yeah, but Damon makes a good point. He says, from a vampire who's been stabbed by it as many times as your sister, I'd say difficult. Klaus sighs and tosses Damon some blood. And he says, you know, you disappoint me, Damon. You're not trying very hard to get out of here. I expected more the daring escape artist and less the cell potato. The way he says potato with his accent is so funny. He says, cell potato. Damon says, well, I am compelled to kill Jeremy. So I figured it's probably safer to sit in here and chit chat with you than try to bust out like the Hulk. Klaus says, how do you think Elena felt about that, by the way? Your inability to overcome Cole's compulsion for a single moment, even though it meant killing the one person she loves most in the world. Damon says, well, I've killed Jeremy before, so. Yeah, and so he's like, I think she'll forgive me again for it. <laughs> Just kidding. He does not reveal that. He says, she's met me. She knows impulse control isn't my strong suit. And Klaus says, still, must be hard trying to live up to Stefan. You know, I remember when I compelled him to feed on Elena, he fought so hard he managed to resist. Now that's love. Klaus is number one Stelena shipper. Yeah, because he's like, I don't get it. Stefan's right there. Yeah. Damon says to Klaus, what do you know about love? And Klaus says, I know you're in love with Elena, but I think you're afraid of what might happen when we find the cure at the end of the rainbow. Personally, I don't see a fairy tale ending for you. All I see is Stefan and Elena, and I think you see the same thing. And Damon's like, perhaps? Klaus kind of nailed Damon here, and Damon does a very hard job of hiding it. Does a very bad job of hiding it. It's, It's hard to hide this. It's pretty obvious. But luckily, Damon is saved by the fact that Klaus gets a call. He answers it and says, well, 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 if it isn't the happy homicidal maniac. And Cole says, did you know that your former blood bag and her brother are trying to kill me? And Klaus says, what? Klaus says, I certainly didn't. And Cole says, oh, don't pretend like you're not in on it. Your obsession to find the cure clearly trumps any sibling loyalty you once felt. And Klaus says, I really don't know what you're talking about. Cole says, I'm going to rip off Jeremy's arm and kill Elena just for sport. And then I'm coming for you. He hangs up and he spots Elena at the top of the stairs. Elena shoots him with a crossbow and runs away. And he pulls out the arrow and goes after her. Then we go back to the dungeon where Klaus pins Damon to the wall. And he says, what the hell is going on? And Damon truly does not know. And Klaus says, what are Stefan and Elena planning? 
Damon then does a pretty good job at turning his own insecurity back on Klaus, since this was just what Klaus was trying to use against him. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't know. I've been stuck in the penalty box with you since yesterday. Stefan won't talk to me. Elena won't come see me. So maybe you're right. Maybe she has written me off. Yeah, he's like, see, that didn't affect me as much as you think it did. Mm-hmm. Klaus compels Damon, like, what do you know? And Damon says, I don't know anything about a plan. And Klaus says, okay, stay here till you return and then leaves. And then Damon says, I'll stay here till you return. And then he looks at the water bottle and says, or not. So I think it's a vervain water bottle. I do think it's a vervain water bottle. I think that's clear. Yeah. Even We're though he gonna... didn't know about the plan. plan. I mean, the, the vervain is in the water bottle. Whether Stefaner knew that or not, that's a debate we're not going to get back into. Then we go back to the decade dance. Rebecca is dancing in the balloons to the song Wanted, Dead or Alive. And Stefan returns with a bottle of liquor and says, it is amazing what you can find stashed away in the teacher's lounge. What kind of school is this? (laughs) Uh, they all saw what Alurk was doing and they're like, they like him when he's drunk. Maybe we should all be getting drunk. You have to wonder if this is still Alurk's stash or if it is a new teacher's stash. I feel like since it's in the teacher's lounge, it's hard to say because yeah. I'm sure they already drank everything that wasn't Alurk's stash. Yeah. Like, because that would be the first place you'd go. I think Stefan would have gone there and been like, fuck, they got, they, we finally made it through Alurk's stash. And then they're in the <laughs> teacher's lounge. Maybe Alurk did have a secondary stash. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised. Rebecca says, you know, this song is not as terrible as the other ones. And Stefan says, this song is the godfather of rock anthems. Stefan loves to like like a basic song. He does read as a Bon Jovi fan. Didn't he and Lexi go see Bon Jovi? Yeah, they went to see Bon Jovi. He is he's a known Bon Jovi stan. And then Rebecca says, what's going on with you? You're fun tonight. And he says, you know, I can't listen to this music without thinking my best friend Lexi. We spent most of the 80s together. I remember this one time she snuck us backstage and compelled half the band to do tequila shots with us before the show. First of all, have you ever met a band? Yeah, you didn't need to compel them to do the tequila shots. How did you not get them all to do tequila shots? Weren't they already doing them? And oh my God, somehow a hot blonde girl convinced people to do tequila shots? I don't think she was compelling them. If anything, she was compelling them to let you backstage because they're like, oh, who's your boyfriend? We don't want him. Yeah, yeah. they said she can come. He stays out here. And she's like, no, he's coming with me. And they're like, okay, I guess. Yeah, he says she was fearless, kind of like you. And the power of this uh, compliment is not really strong enough on Rebecca because Rebecca didn't know Lexi. But yeah. it still works because it's like, I like hanging out with her and I like hanging out with you. Yeah, it does what it needs to do for Rebecca. And you can tell immediately because she says, oh, so you slept with her too. And then this is, I mean, Stefan's genius of bring up Lexi. He says, no, it wasn't like that. I was just a better person when I was with her. I didn't think I'd ever feel that way again. And so it's he then is like, you're like Lexi, but sexier. You're like Lexi, but you're already ahead of her. Yeah. But then Rebecca says, oh, until Elena. And he says, yeah, until Elena. And now that's over. And Rebecca says, you know, that look right there. That's why I don't let myself care. He almost laughs in her face. And he says, he's he's like, bitch, you've got a little koala corsage on. okay?" (laughs) he says, well, you can say that, but we both know it's not true. And then a balloon pops and (laughs) Stefan jumps. And then Rebecca says, oh, don't worry. I'll protect you if Cole tracks his way to this abandoned dance. And then she shows Stefan that she has a dagger in her boot. And she says, I think I'll choose the next song. And Stefan says, you know what? I have a better idea. 
that way. And he points a direction. She goes. She's looking away and he texts Matt or has dagger. Get here now. Rebecca says, you coming? He follows. Yeah, he saw the dagger. He's like, okay, we're getting into it. Yeah. We go back to the Gilbert house. Elena tries to like put a dresser in front of her door and barricade herself in her room. Cole tries to get in. He overpowers her enough to get in the room. She goes into the bathroom, locks one door, and then closes the other door and goes into Jeremy's room because they have a Jack and Jill bathroom. Cole breaks into one side of the bathroom and then breaks through to Jeremy's room. But Elena and Jeremy are both already standing there with weapons. Jeremy shoots two stakes at Cole with his crossbow. Cole catches both of them in his hands, but then Cole has no hands left. So then Elena shoots him with her gun with wooden bullets, and that does get him. Yeah, and she just keeps on shooting. <laughs> and Elena says, go. And then Cole tosses one of the stakes in his hands into Elena's leg. Fair enough. Elena pulls out the stake while Jeremy and Cole are fighting in the hallway. Cole tosses Jeremy down the stairs. And then Cole stakes Elena up against the wall in the stomach with a piece of the banister. And then Cole looks down at Jeremy, who's laying on the stairs, pretty overpowered. And Cole says, now about that urn. And he pulls Jeremy down the stairs. Now, Cole, you should have just pulled off the urn right here. Yeah. What's the dilly-dallying? Dangle him off the side of the staircase and hold his arm. He's trying to be too cutesy. Then we go to the school hallway. Stefan does a little slide down the hallway. He's showing Rebecca how to do it. And at first it's like, why are we doing this? Yeah. This is quite a smart move by Stefan because he's really thinking ahead. Really uh, creating a, a moment with her that's like, look at us having like so much fun. Yeah. I'm not like other guys. We have so much fun together. Yeah. We're just goofy. We just make yeah. each other laugh. Yeah. Rebecca says, this is ridiculous, but she could not more obviously be charmed. And Stefan says, that's the whole point of the Breakfast Club slide. It's supposed to be ridiculous. Then she quickly like vampire runs to him and he says, well, that's cheating. He said, that wasn't a slide. Don't try to be cute. He's like, get away from me. (laughs) That wasn't what we're doing. And Rebecca says, what is fun about hurtling down the hallway like a teenage imbecile? And Stefan says, guess you have to do it to find out. She sighs and she attempts to do it. But really, she just does a bunch of little steps. It's very bad. Very embarrassing. Not a great attempt. And Stefan says, Ugh, it's the shoes. <laughs> and he got her here. I really thought this was going to like fully work. He says, take them off and you'll be flying. And we see Matt lurking in the background. This is iconic. And I do think if he hadn't betrayed her one too many times before, this would have worked. But I think she was aware of it too much. Yeah, I think if Matt had done this move, which Matt could have never gotten through this whole day with her. So that's kind of irrelevant. But if Matt had gotten this move, she would have done it. Yeah. Um, She bends down. She looks like she's about to take her shoes off, but then she just takes out the dagger and she says, this is what you want, right? Go ahead, take it. And Stefan doesn't say anything because his spot got blown up. And she says, you know what? You're right. I do care. I want stupid koala corsages and a prom. I want to have kids with someone who loves me enough to stand outside of a window with a stupid boombox. I want to be human. So let Klaus put down my brother and let's go find the cure. And this is an interesting development because previously, Rebecca basically told us she wants the cure to shove down Klaus's throat. And now she's saying she wants to be human. And not to say she can't do both, but this is clearly the secret her secret motivation that she hasn't been opening up to anyone about. She's been trying to keep her vulnerability like beat down, but obviously she wants to be human. She has that kind of personality. She's been a vampire for a long time. She wants to fall in love. She thinks somehow being a human, I think will make it easier to fall in love. Girl, you're still going to be you. Yeah, I think she thinks that if she doesn't have to drink blood, she won't be as crazy 
girl, that is embedded deep within your brain at this point. Maybe you weren't this crazy before you were a vampire, but it's been a thousand years. I mean, this is just who you are now. Do you think the cure like reverse heightens emotions? <laughs> it just makes you really chill. Makes you like catatonic. Yeah. <laughs> the cure is just a really good uh, indica. It's just, it's just a joint. <laughs> it makes you so relaxed you don't want blood. Yeah. Rebecca walks off as if to go like find Cole. Stefan looks at Matt, then back to Rebecca. And he's like, oh, come on, let's go home. And they leave. And Matt just stays there. Doesn't tell him he's there. Matt's like, so am I, do I go home now? What? What's the plan? I called off work for this. <laughs> he's like, I really need that money. Are you guys going to pay me the like $8 I would have gotten in tips for the whole ship? Yeah. I'm missing tips. <laughs> then we go over to the Bennett house. Bonnie is fast asleep. And Rudy goes up to Abby and he says, you're drugging her. And Abby says, just enough to keep her down until I can get some witches here to clean her mind from that poison that professor's been teaching her. So Abby's plan is to enlist witches to kind of cleanse Bonnie. Which I think is the smart move because Bonnie is down this path because she didn't have any other witches to turn to. Mm -hmm. So let's get her, let's get her a little coven going, you know? Yeah, especially while Shane is in prison and can't interfere. But Bonnie must have enough power that like the drugs don't take because she's immediately up yeah. and she says that's not happening and then she does her new little move where she breaks a bunch of bones and she does it to her mother and bonnie says i don't belong to the spirits anymore i belong to myself sorry and then she leaves then we go over to the gilbert house elena is struggling to get the steak out of her upstairs but eventually she does pull herself off of it in the kitchen cole has wasted the lead he had yeah. by tying Jeremy to the kitchen island and finding a cleaver. And he says, like I said, I don't fancy the hunter's curse, so I'm just going to chop off your arm. Then do it. Yeah, you don't have to explain it to him. He knows that's what's happening. If you want the arm off so bad, take it off. You didn't stake Elena in the hut. She's going to come downstairs. Yeah. And then he says, but don't worry, I'll heal you right up with a bit of blood after. Sorry about the sting. Now, which arm is it, left or right? I'll just chop off both to be safe. And then he finally raises the cleaver to do so. Unfortunately, Elena Vampire runs in and pulls him off and gives Jeremy enough time to break loose because Cole apparently didn't tie him in tight at all. Well, he was rushing. He didn't. He couldn't remember any knots. So he was like, he was like, I don't have to do this twice. I just have to do it the one time. Just cross over and go under, and that's a knot, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Elena fights with Cole a little bit. She chops him a little bit with the cleaver, and somehow they get the white oak steak from somewhere. I think it's from Cole's coat. Yeah. While she's chopping him with the cleaver, she grabs it from his pocket because it's oh, kind nice. of in that inner jacket pocket, sticking out because the pocket isn't deep enough for the whole steak. And he's just letting everybody see where that steak is. Just carrying it on his person. That should be at your home. Yeah. If you're not using it today, it's at home. It's somewhere hidden safe so Rebecca can't grab it. But you shouldn't have it in your pocket when someone who you know wants to kill you is there. That was the benefit of Klaus. He kept all anything about a weapon that could kill him buried deep, deep, deep. Yeah. He wasn't just carrying it around. And that's why he's alive. And then Jeremy goes over to the sink and sprays him with the sprayer with the water from the sink, which we know is Vervain water. It weakens him. Elena says now she tosses him the steak and Jeremy stakes Cole in the hut with the white oak steak and he catches fire and dies. Which we've seen before a true sign of an original death. 
So I have to ask, do you think Cole is dead for good? Uh, I do. And I really thought that he was going to make it through this because I, and you know, I was thinking about this. I remember I've seen pictures of like him with the cast of the original Sans Finn, that it was like originals reunion. And I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, cute. They do a little reunion like on legacies or something. No, I'm sure it was just a picture of the four of them that some fan had labeled originals reunion. Now, why did I fall for that? Which is a good sign. I'm not just reading spoilers left and right. Yeah. So poor Cole. But he did kind of have it coming today. He was asking for it a little bit. He was being a little dramatic. He honestly could have protected himself in a number of ways. Number one, by calming down. Well, and also, I mean, we'll get to this with Klaus's plan. His whole like, oh, no one can have the cure. You could keep that to yourself until you guys see the cure and then just be the first to grab it. Yeah. But he didn't think ahead. Mm -hmm. And then Jeremy looks up, very proud of himself. And who does he see at the door but Klaus? Klaus is looking in the open door and he has tears in his eyes and Elena looks at him and it's like, oh, and Elena's like, hey, hey, Klaus, I feel kind of bad that you had to see this, but I don't feel bad that we did it. You know, this was my plan and I'm, I'm pretty proud of it, to be completely honest with you. Klaus says, what did you do? And Elena says, well, we didn't have a choice. He was trying to cut off Jeremy's arm. Which that is a funny thing to say because it's like, that sounds like you had a choice. Why didn't you just let him have the arm? Like, that's what Klaus would say. Yeah, it sounds like so much lower stakes. And again, Klaus thought they were going to use a dagger. So Klaus is like, you did have a choice. The dagger was the choice. And Klaus also said, lies. He wouldn't have gotten inside if you hadn't set a trap for him. And to be fair, Cole kind of set his own trap for that one. He's the one who begged to be invited inside. Cole didn't plan this well. When Cole knew that they were going to kill him, I know he wanted to just like get it done. He should have left the Gilbert house and snuck up on them when they weren't expecting it. Yeah. If you really cared that much about Cole and wanted him to like calm down, you would have just daggered him a while ago. Cole wasn't carrying around every dagger. He was carrying around the stake. But instead, Klaus was too busy babysitting Damon, asking for advice about how to get Caroline to forgive him. Yeah, that's on Klaus. Elena says, you know, you said you were going to put Cole down too. And Klaus says, I was going to make him suffer on my terms. So now I'm going to burn this house to the ground. And when you try to flee for your lives, I'll kill you both without blinking. And Jeremy says, well, if you kill us, you'll never get to the cure and you'll never get to make new hybrids. And Klaus says, you think I care for an instant about my bloody hybrids? I want the cure so I can destroy it. I would have killed all of you the second we dug it up. Yeah, he's like. Do you guys really think I'm stupid enough to still care about my hybrids? He's like, look, I know I cared about them longer than I should have. And it was a little dumb. But this is not the gotcha you think it is. And it is just funny that they were all on board working with Klaus. And he was just like, I was going to kill all of you. Yeah. He's like, I was perfectly happy to kill all of you just so no one could take the cure. He's like, I don't really need any of this. And he says, but now I'm just going to watch you burn instead. And then all of a sudden, his bones start breaking. He starts hurting. And in comes Bonnie. Bonnie says, hey, invite him in. And even though she doesn't explain why, Jeremy trusts Bonnie. So Jeremy invites him in. And Bonnie says, go to the living room. And they all run through the house. And then Klaus gets trapped in, I guess it can't be the living room. No, he gets trapped in the living room because they run through the living room and then through into the kitchen. So then it gets him in the living room while he's chasing them. Great. So they get out of the living room, but he uh, runs into a force field. Yeah. So Klaus is in the living room. He's trapped in a force field. Jeremy grabs the stake. So that it's not nearby where Klaus is. Great call. Yeah, he takes it out of Cole's body too. So he's like, let's 
I'll keep an eye on the steak. Let's all keep the white oak steak in our possession. How about? Let's keep this away from the originals. Yeah, great move. Klaus realizes he's trapped. He turns to Bonnie and he says, you can't do this to me. And Bonnie says, "Mm, you have no idea what I can do now. Klaus says, I will hunt all of you to your end. Do you hear me? And they leave. And they're like, okay, you can keep yelling. We're going to go. Yeah, well, (laughs) we're going to head out. (laughs) And then we go over to Rebecca's house. Stefan is filling Rebecca in on the events of the evening. Rebecca is crying. She says, I don't believe you. Cole's not dead. He can't be. And Stefan says, well, listen, Rebecca, they didn't have a choice. Cole started this when he went after Jeremy. And remember, he went after you, too. I mean, he was never going to let us find the cure. And Rebecca says, so you knew this entire night. He's like, "Eh, more or less. I mean, (laughs) yeah, Stefan doesn't answer that question because the answer is kind of yes. He says, you know, I'm not going to let the people I care about get hurt. Not Jeremy, not Elena, not even Damon. You can hate me for it, but now he can't hurt you either. And I want us to find this cure together, you and me. Not just for Elena, but for you. So you can have what you want, be what you want. You can be human again because everyone deserves a second chance. He can understand that people want to be human again. He sees that like Rebecca wants what Elena wants and what he kind of wants. And he respects that about her. She doesn't want to be like a mean vampire, even though that's what she is. Yeah, She'll just be a mean human. Yeah. (laughs) But okay. And she's charmed by this speech despite herself, but she's guarded. So she says, well, why would I trust you? And he says, I don't know. I guess I could give you my word. But at the end of the day, you just have to take a leap. Yeah, he's like, I could make a promise, but I lie about those all the time. So there's really no point in me doing that. Uh, So if you'd like to trust me, I would appreciate it. But I don't have a good reason for you. And she ends up trusting him, which... I guess we'll see if that was a good call or not. I do think this is actually a good play on Rebecca at this point because she's been like double crossed so many times that it's honestly more compelling for someone to be like, yeah, it's probably not the smartest for you to trust me. But like, I mean, I'm just asking you to do that. No one's trying to trick her. She's like, you're not playing a game on me. I respect that. And I mean, it is smart at this point in our journey for the cure. Everyone's been teaming up who just wants the cure. That obviously is not sustainable anymore. Now you have to team up with people who want the cure for the same reason. So Mm -hmm. like, Stefan's like, we can trust Rebecca. She wants to use the cure on herself. Elena wants to use the cure on herself. If we're all using it, it's not going to be such a big deal. Yeah, exactly. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Jeremy is a little freaked out because his Merc has not yet grown. And he's like, well, it didn't work. And Bonnie says, hey, it took time for Finn's line to die off. It'll work. And Jeremy says, well, what if it doesn't? And then Damon comes up from the dungeon because he's no longer compelled to kill Jeremy now that Cole is dead. And he says, where's that Gilbert optimism? And then Elena, like, beams. She smiles so big. She says, hi. She goes to hug him. Get a room. She's so excited. And Jeremy's kind of like, okay. So I guess we're done talking so, about So me we're now. done with me. So we're done caring about my stress. So, so now it's about Elena again. Yeah. Right. And about the guy who was trying to kill me last week. Yeah. He's like, well, I got to figure out a way to get this attention back to me. Let me think for a couple of minutes. <laughs> then I'll come up with something. <laughs> Something's going to come to me. Damon says, sorry, I missed the excitement. And Elena says, I'm just happy to see you. And then Stefan comes in. He really <laughs> brings the mood down. But he is carrying the tombstone. Yeah, but it's so funny. Like, obviously, we know this tombstone is important, but it looks like he just picked up a big rock. Yeah, he just came in to see his brother and his ex-girlfriend kissing, and he's just carrying a rock in his Top Gun outfit. And he's like, I actually have uh, a full life as well. Yeah. 
I'm actually very happy right now. Things are actually okay for me. He says, looks like I didn't miss much. Uh, I got the headstone, BTW. And Elena says, well, we're just waiting for Jeremy's mark to grow. Klaus is trapped in our living room. And Bonnie says, temporarily, I drew on the new moon to bind the spell. And not to nitpick, but I thought you abandoned nature. Yeah, I had that same thought. Like, I had that you, same thought. They let you, so expression lets you draw on the moon? Maybe because the new moon is dark, because you sure. can't see it. I think we're just supposed to ignore that. I think that is yeah. just a plot hole. But I think I appreciate you trying to justify it. Hire me, Julie Pleck. Bonnie says, we've got three days to find the cure for Max. And Jeremy says, if we don't, we might as well look up Catherine Pierce and see if she wants some company in hiding because he will come after us. She's not going to want your company. Yeah, she doesn't like y'all. Although <laughs> someone should tell her that Elena and Stefan broke up because then Stefan at least can be safe. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Catherine, come on back to us. Elena says, we'll find it. Now that we've got Rebecca taken care of, all we need is Professor Shane and we'll have everything we need. And Stefan says, oh, yeah, the thing about that is I did not dagger Rebecca. And they're like, why? All we do is dagger Rebecca. <laughs> That's literally the crux of every plan we put forward. And he says, well, the thing is, I, I didn't need to because she's on our side. And Elena says, did you really just say that? <laughs> and Stefan says, I mean, yeah, she handed over the headstone like she wants to find this cure more than any of us. Yeah. Like with the headstone, he could just like not tell her anything, but. I think he wants to piss off Elena a little bit. Yeah, I think Stefan wants to prove that, like, you know, you guys have all been doing your own thing, but I've also been working. I also have a very full life. Like, I'm actually, like, it, it's great to see you. You look great, but I'm so busy. I, it's just crazy. Life's been insane. Life's been hectic, but good. Good hectic. Yeah, yeah. Good busy. <laughs> Elena says, why would you possibly think you could trust her? And Damon is messy for this, but I think it's warranted. I mean, how could you resist doing this for Stefan to come in and say he didn't dagger her and then for Elena to tee it up like that? I mean. Yeah. So Damon says, oh, let me guess. She pledged her allegiance to you while you were naked in the sack. And everyone is quiet because everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like Jeremy also and Bonnie are like, oh, my God. Jeremy and Bonnie are like, wow. OK, I'm really glad we're not part of any of this. Yeah. And Stefan says, you know, I bet you were just dying to get that out, which he was. <laughs> and Damon's like, I, I was. And Damon says, oh. Was that supposed to be a secret? Maybe you should have made that clearer while you were bleeding me dry in our cellar. Oh, boo-hoo. And he says that like it's like a secret that Elena will be mad about, which she kind of seems to be. But it's also so funny because, you know, Stefan does a good job here making it seem like he didn't want this to come out. He wanted Elena to fucking know this. Yeah. It's the same way as when Damon slept with Rebecca. He was like, when is someone going to tell her? Yeah. You know, we need her to know. It's not worth anything if they don't tell, if Elena doesn't figure out. Yeah. And Stefan says... Yeah, to keep you from killing Jeremy. It's funny because they're both being a little bit immature. They're both losing it a little. They're mad. Elena says, stop, both of you. And Stefan says, hey, why don't you tell her to calm down, Damon? You've managed to use that bond pretty well so far, haven't you? My jaw dropped at this. He's so a... He got him so good here. I, I loved that. Why don't you tell her to calm down? Like, why don't, why don't you tell your girlfriend to calm down? It was so incredibly biting. Oh my God. Amazing. The thing about Stefan is he is always trying so hard to walk the moral high ground, but there's a part underneath him that is evil. He has the capacity for burns like this. He just doesn't do them all the time. Yeah. It's the same capacity that let him almost drive Elena off Wickery Bridge. Yes. He has it deep down. 
He just tries not to access it. Yeah, because he knows it hurts. He knows it's not the good part of him. Yeah, and he got Damon pretty good here, and he earns a punch from Damon. It's fair. And I think he would happily... I think he happily knew he was going to take the punch and he was okay with it just to say this. I think he was like, ah, that was worth it. Yeah. And Stefan gets back up and he's about to fight, but then Jeremy figures out a way to get the attention on him. He's he's like, wait, why is it all about them? I got to do something. And so he screams and rips his shirt off. And I said, Hey, <laughs> Hey, and the Merc grows and they can all see it. And we see it, it completes. So now we know when a hunter's mark is complete, it can be seen by not just hunters. Yeah. And Damon says, here we go. And that is where we end the episode with an original dead, a mark completed. And three days for Max to find the cure. So do you think we are going to be finding this cure within the next three or four days? I think so. I think we're looking at next episode. I have to ask, because I don't think we've asked this for a guest before. If you had to guess a geographic location where it is, oh shit. I would love just to see. There's been no clues. I can tell you that. There's not okay. like any clues. So don't say like Wickery Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would be a fair guess. I'll just go classic Salem, Massachusetts. Cool guess. I feel like that's the safe one to throw out. Sure. It's in the woods somewhere. It's. I mean, maybe it's just in a cemetery. That'd be kind of dope. That would be kind of dope, huh? Maybe it's in New Orleans. I'll throw that out as well. That's a good guess. New Orleans or Salem? Sure. Who all do you think is going to go on the trip for the cure? Name the people who you think are still on our team who are going to be recruited for a road trip to the cure. I think we got Elena, Steph, and Damon, definitely. Mm -hmm. Probably Jeremy, just because he's got the, the tattoo. I do think we have Bonnie, probably Shane, although he will probably be shackled in some way or another. And I think probably Rebecca. I think Rebecca could be left behind, but Mm -hmm. I think she's going to want to be there when the thing goes down. Do you think there's going to be any last minute obstacles when they try to get the cure? And if so, what do you think those might be? So there are a couple things that I want to throw out. One, if they have Shane with them, that's a wild card because we don't really know his full intentions. I do think there's the possibility, too, that he somehow loops Haley in. He has kept that kind of pairing team up really locked tight so that could be something to pull off i do think the other potential that i'm concerned about is you know whether or not there is a cure for sure and if there is a cure i don't think there's like an unlimited amount interesting like i don't think it's like anyone who wants it could take it yeah you don't think they're gonna be able to just pass around like a bottle yeah i think it's gonna be pretty limited amounts if it exists and i also think even if it exists and people can take it, I do think there's consequences to it. I don't think it's just a straight up, I'm a human, everything's good. And I've thrown out some of those guests' yeah, consequences before. Exactly. You know, those are the big things once we get to the cure. But I also think we have to consider the possibility of, you know, I think Klaus will avoid being there because he'll, hopefully they can keep him locked up. But that someone goes the path of Klaus, that they want to destroy the cure as soon as it comes out and it's just kept that locked tight. Mm -hmm. maybe Shane wants to destroy the cure because maybe he wants immortality to be, you know, still a major part of this world. Well, I also have to bring up, we haven't talked about this in a while. There was a random guy who came to Shane's office looking for the headstone. That's true. Which means there might be 
another person looking for the cure. I mean, it's also possible that that guy is teamed up with someone we already know and it's just under wraps. But there is that question too of, you know, Shane knows where he needs to go. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't need the map. He doesn't need the sword, whatever. He just needed the spell. You know, there's a possibility that uh, that he's told someone else that location. And so he could very well be calling from jail because let's be honest, this jail isn't the tightest. The tightest ship. So I think he could be calling and saying like, look, these people have everything together. I think they're going to be coming soon. You should be waiting at the location, essentially. Yeah. I think there's also a concern for Miss Abby now that she's back in the picture briefly because we know they need a Bennett witch to, you know, get Silas out. Um, but we don't know for sure that like, they need a Bennett witch to get the cure out. You know, they they may be buried together, but not all the way together. So they may want to like cure Abby and then get Silas out, which just like if there are negative consequences to a cure, if Abby's the first one to take the cure, we learn about that consequence with pretty low stakes. From a character we don't really worry too much about. We're not too worried about. And, you know, it's a parent, so they're never safe. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. As always, if you're enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five-star rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.